This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, November 7th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Thursday, that can mean only one thing. 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wiltfong, joins us. Steve, it's now dark. Daniel, good morning. It's a gray day. I think it's going to be gray all day here in the Midwest, in the Indianapolis area, sending that weather down I-70 through Dayton en route to Columbus. I was uh, out last night with a buddy, and the Ohio State-Cincinnati game was on one of the TVs, and it was like 8 to 4, 10 minutes through the first half. And I like college. I like all sports. I can watch any sport and, and find an angle that draws me in, hockey, uh, soccer. I, I So college basketball is certainly not low on the list. But 8 to 4 it was just – and don't at me, this – is the re- it was the reason why the NBA is so much better than college basketball, and there were a lot of great games last night in the NBA. You had uh, Giannis going nuts against the Clippers out west. The Jazz Sixers was a great game. The ball is actually going through the rim, and they do play defense in the NBA outside of public opinion. Uh, it's just a different game, a different style, but I like seeing the ball go in the hoop. Uh, I saw your Buckeyes did rally on the hardwood last night against a good Cincinnati team, but sometimes college basketball is like, damn, can we put the ball in the hoop? Yeah, it was a rough start, disjointed and overly coached on both sides, but I actually think the Buckeyes have a real bright future. Really love their freshmen. Now, Chris Holman's doing a great job there, man, but I but I hear you. The NBA is definitely – Indianapolis got Butler. He's loved around here, uh, around these parts, and so it gets mentioned on the talk radio around here a lot, and obviously we get a lot of IU basketball chatter and then some Purdue chatter, uh, but the Buckeyes seem to be a popular pick around these parts. they got to go through Maryland, and they got to go, obviously, through Michigan State, but I do think they have a chance to have a great season which would be a follow-up as we transition here to what has already been just a ridiculous ride for Ohio State, the best team in the country. Everyone generally agrees on that now. We're going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk about the team. Let's hit one of the topics I am legally obligated to hit, second quarterback in the class of 2020 for Ohio State. We had long thought the second quarterback would be C.J. Stroud, your Elite 11 champion from Rancho Cucamonga, California. Had an offer for a while, took a visit recently, and made that offer public. However, over the weekend, Ohio State offered Hawaii's very own Jaden Delora, which caused some concern about the vibe with C.J. Stroud. Can you please bring us completely up to date on the second quarterback drama? Yeah, and I think that the dean, uh, Bill Kierlich, has addressed this on the front row of Bucknuts. Uh, but just to kind of echo um, what he's saying, Ohio State needs two quarterbacks in this class. Uh, they're 
the amount of scholarship quarterbacks on the roster going into next season is is one. Jack Miller makes it two, and, and you'd like to have at least three scholarship quarterbacks on your roster. And most of the time, you don't want two being true freshmen, but that's just the situation Ohio State's in. It's a tremendous position of need. They need a second guy. They can't. They can't bank on C.J. Stroud, who I think that Ohio State leads for. And and, uh, and and put all their marbles into that sack and, and maybe, you know, not get them in the end. And so I think that, you know, they need to build relationships with other quarterbacks that are of Ohio State caliber. And Jaden DeLara is a, a, a young man that's uh, having another good season that's uh, drawing uh, interest from several programs. Um, and, and Ohio State went out and saw him. And they offered him a scholarship. I still like where the Buckeyes stand with C.J. Stroud. He's going to take his official visit in December. I think that visit is big for getting C.J. Stroud's mother on campus and and uh, having her like Ohio State as much as C.J. I think Ohio State. Uh, I, I think that C.J. really is really high on Ohio State, but you know he likes Oregon. Uh, now he has a UCLA offer. Man, UCLA offering C.J. Stroud this month just blows my mind. Uh, by the way, and uh, uh, USC, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. And, and then, you know, he's from Rancho Cucamonga, is staying close to home in Portland, you know. I mean, Georgia offered Justin Fields late in my position. For my position, I was like, they they didn't – it just didn't make – it was such a late offer. It was almost like, man, but he still went there. So – so where I'm going with it is UCLA made an obscenely late offer for C.J. Stroud, but it doesn't mean that they won't get him. Uh, so it'll be – I like Ohio State's position, but making sure that they have other good options, not just – Ohio State could get another quarterback if they want. I'm trying to get a quarterback that keeps them at a championship level uh, competition-wise in practice and then a guy that has the – um, fortitude to play quarterback at Ohio State, and I've been around Jaden Delara a couple times. I think he's a very confident young man. I think that the stage at Ohio State would not intimidate him if he was QB1 at one point. Uh, it, it's a good offer in that regard. My colleagues are really high on Jaden Delara as well. Um, he's ranked uh, as the number six pro-style passer in the 24-7 sports top two for seven player rankings. Uh, Charles Power really in the Jaden Delara corner. Uh, in that regard, um, and he's number 24 in the composite. So we're higher on Delara than our peers collectively, um, and, and obviously Ohio State's high on him too. Doesn't sound like the drama's going to end on this tip for quite some time. We will keep it locked in. I wouldn't be surprised to see another guy even get into the mix. I don't think they're done looking. Speaking of looking, running back, our second legal obligation the biggest visit weekend of the year will be November 23rd when Penn State comes calling, but there are some guys headed to town this weekend to see the Terps take on the Buckeyes. One of them is running back Jameer Gibbs. Do you think Ohio State has a chance to get Gibbs to flip this weekend? I wouldn't think he's on flip watch by now. It would be more about having a good visit to get him back for an official. I think that that's the state of that recruitment right now if you're Ohio State. And, and so um, I, I'm not forecasting a flip. I think that, you know, it's about him getting a feel for distance from home, getting a feel for Ohio State, and Ohio State continuing to get a feel for him as well. A kid who's committed, who takes visits like this, though, you do assume he will eventually flip. 
Yeah, I think that I think that that in the past has proven to be correct. I think Georgia Tech's got a lot of momentum right now. They have a head coach that's working really hard in Jeff Collins. He's got a great personality, and and the kid's pretty local for Georgia Tech, and I do think that's important to him. I just think that he's getting these offers late, and and so he's going out and making sure that these new offers aren't better than his situation at Georgia Tech, so it's unique in that sense that he wasn't entertaining these offers when he picked Georgia Tech the first time. These are new opportunities that he's learning about and comparing to Georgia Tech. In state, Ohio State has taken a hard look at Mayan Williams. He is committed to Iowa State, and I think there were a lot of people who felt like an Ohio State offer would make him flip immediately. That hasn't happened. He's kind of waned. What's your vibe on Mayan Williams? Do you think he'll be a Buckeye? Well, there's people in, inside the Woody that would love for him to be a Buckeye. I think there's some people that really love him and have loved him for a long time. Um, he's a different cat. Uh, he's not a guy that likes the process. I'm not saying he hates it, but he, he's he's not enamored by programs or offers or even recruiting. Um, I, I think that the magnitude of Ohio State's not lost on him and if, in, in reading Bill Kierlich, um it sounds like he's going to take a visit, um, but I, I have not heard anything yet for me to join the party that he's going to flip to Ohio State. I think that um, he likes Iowa State, likes the staff, thinks they, the staff did a good job of, of uh, recruiting him and, and showing him the kind of future he has in Ames. And uh, I think it's up to Ohio State to close that gap, and, and, and they certainly can, um, So, but we'll see what happens moving forward. Ohio State went – very far down the road with a Florida running back named Jalen Knighton. He chose Tallahassee. That was a questionable decision, and it has since come back to bite him a little bit. He has decommitted now that that program has completely run aground. Knighton is visiting Florida this weekend. He has rekindled his relationship with Tony Alford. You think Ohio State's got a shot here? I think it's one of those deals where when you're you're Ohio State's coaches and you're recruiting a young man and he's basically coming to Ohio State and then he takes one last visit to Florida State in July and and then it, it completely changes the whole recruitment. He commits to FSU and if you're from Ohio State's perspective, you basically could have predicted this and and so you're just like, but you can't say you really can't say I told you so. You, you got to let the young men figure it out on their own, right? And and if you stay if you stay the course and you stay consistent and you stay in good standing when things like this arise hopefully you're there and and the young man remembers you know the your approach and and the way you carried yourself through um that that you're there on the back end because oftentimes you have to remember like I've covered thousands of recruitments um this is the first time oftentimes for a lot of these kids, the things that we can foresee or things that we can predict, they're living it. It's almost like when you have your children at home and you're telling them, hey, don't do that or learn from the mistake I made or learn from the mistake I saw. I'm not trying to hear that. You know, they, you know, they're doing their own thing. <laughs> and, and, and so I think there's a little, little of that on the recruiting trail sometimes. And, I'm pretty sure, like, you couldn't say for sure, but everyone had an idea that FSU was trending this way. And I don't think that he should have been fired after 20 games. Um, you could predict that you're getting out in front of it and probably be right. 
but man, 20 games. Um, and so, and look, they were a horribly penalized team. Like they, they're, I understand why they fired him. Um, and, and I get it. Um, but man, 20 games, you fired him. Who wants to work there? I mean, you get fired after 20 games and they'll find someone that pay a lot of money, but I'm, I'm just saying, I would be like, bro, you just fired your last coach after 20 games. And I realized he was not good, but 20 games, man, I'm, I, I could get fired in 20 games, you know. Now, the $17 million buyout and all that, I think that's what I read. Why would I want to go work for, at a school that now has a track record for firing a coach after 20 damn games? You know what his buyout's going to be? Bigger sure. than $17 million. We're going to take a quick commercial break. All right, we're back. And three games that we find quite interesting. First, the P.J. Fleck come to Jesus Bowl, Penn State at Minnesota. I think Penn State's going to win this game by 30 points. What do you think? Well, I like Penn State in this game, too, because I think they're more talented. Uh, but Minnesota, as James Franklin said last week um, on my podcast, that they Minnesota's got some of the best receivers. They, they have the best receiving core that they're going to face to date. They do have some playmakers at wide out, some future NFL guys there. They have a big offensive line. Um I think when you look at Minnesota, the thing, the, the biggest takeaway with Minnesota is they don't beat themselves. They are top 10 in the nation in time of possession. They're top 10 in the nation in penalties, meaning they don't have any. <laughs> um, so they don't do stupid things to cost them games. They've been in close games this year, and they didn't beat themselves in those ball games. Um, so they take care of the football. Um, they're very efficient passing the football. They're, they're, I think they're top 15 or top 10 in that category. Their secondary is really good uh, as well. Um, just giving you guys background on, on Minnesota because um, you guys are very familiar with Penn State. I, but with all that being said, I like Penn State. I think they're the more talented team. They've been in a lot of games like this of this magnitude, um, and, and I think that they'll be ready to play. And, and uh uh, I just think that they're the better football team. But Minnesota, they're not going to I, – I, I would be surprised if they beat themselves in this game. And if they do, it would be the first time all year uh, that, the, that that has happened to them. The aforementioned Maryland Terrapins <laughs> come to face Ohio State at noon. Will Chase Young take a second-half snap? Oh, um, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I haven't been paying attention. When does Ohio State clear the bench? They're going to they're gonna steamroll Maryland for two reasons. First, they're just way better. And second, they should have lost to Maryland last year. Well, should is the wrong word. Uh, they very well could have lost to Maryland last year. Very and, well. And I think, and I think that that's fresh in their, in their memory as well. And, and so, um, I just think Ohio State's on a mission right now, and they're playing well, and there hasn't been a, uh, there's been no letdowns, and and they're extremely talented everywhere. And I could gush about Ohio State um, all all year. I mean, this is a game where Ohio State could turn it over four times and still win by three touchdowns. So I, I don't I don't see any way. The, the, it's sort of lopsided. There's no. This is not an Illinois-Wisconsin type deal where Illinois does have some players, and I think Maryland's got some talent, but I just they're not playing well. This is a scrimmage. Okay, the biggie. This game will actually affect Ohio State future more than the game they play in. Louisiana State University, led by Ohio native Joseph Burrow, travels to Tuscaloosa to face Alabama in what's got to be one of the most anticipated regular season games in a long time. What's your vibe? 
Well, I, I, did you, I don't know if any of you guys watched the Ohio Miami Ohio game last night. Joe Joe Burrow's dad was there, and they interviewed him in the fourth quarter. What a what a cool guy, uh, Joe Burrow's dad is, and uh, easy to see why Joe's so down to earth and just a, a football guy. Um, and uh, uh, the action delivered the first week, but. Um, so I like the poise of LSU's quarterback going into that game, and, and he's obviously played well on, on the big stage and in several games this year. Um, this game feels different, um, but until it's the same law I kind of live by with Ohio State, Michigan, and, and Georgia, Florida, until LSU can beat Bama, I can't predict them. I just can't. And, and so as good as Michigan looks, Whatever year it is, like last year, Michigan was a sexy pick at Ohio State. I just can't pick them. It, and I know past history doesn't matter for this year's team, but I think it does weigh on teams and weigh in locker rooms and weigh on coaching staffs, more importantly, that are then coaching these kids up during the week. I'm not saying oh she's going to lose. I just can't pick them. I got I'm rolling with I'm rolling with Alabama at home over LSU until uh, they prove that they can win a ball game like that. I kind of look at teams in categories this year. Do you have the ability to beat Ohio State or don't you? And I would put Alabama and LSU along with Clemson and maybe even Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. And, again, LSU's capable, and they're going to have the whole nation behind them except for Alabama fans. I think that everybody wants Alabama to lose that's not rooting for – that has a rooting interest in college football. Uh, I'm picking Bama right now. Agreed. And I want to get this on record. I'm setting the stage. You predicted, you, you asked me before the season who has a better chance of winning the Heisman, Chase Young or Justin Fields. Well, you were in the Chase yep. Young camp. It's coming to fruition, man. It's coming to fruition. I actually predicted Chase Young would be in the Heisman race on September 26th. But I also said, and this is one for long term, that Justin Fields will get picked before Trevor Lawrence next year. And here's my next one. The only person that can save the Cincinnati Bengals is Joe Burrow. I realize Chase Young is a better football player, but living in Ohio here and knowing what the Bengals are up against and knowing what you need at quarterback, the Cincinnati Bengals need Joe Burrow. People in Cincinnati should be begging for Joe. We appreciate Steve stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Take care, y'all. See you on the front row.